0: From Gimlet Media, this is The Knot. I am Brittany Luce. Honestly, half of the fun of being a Black woman is being able to change your hair upwards of 36 times a year. And like no one really being able to say shit to you about
1: it. Braids, cornrows, D- asymmetric um Jericho well no I cheated on Carroll. <laughs> to- <laughs> I didn't really actually need I would run a relaxer through it to texturize it
0: this is Michaela Angela Davis she's been a stylist and a writer at magazines like Essence and Entertainment Weekly but these days she calls herself an image activist basically she tries to expand the narrative surrounding women of color in
1: the media I create images but a lot of times I just um celebrate folks that are doing it. And she's been playing with her own image for a minute. In the 80s, one of my, one of my friend's boyfriends was a hairdresser and we were living in downtown New York and he had the salon on St. Mark's and we would like after the club go like, let's change our hair. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. It's so we're fun! Because that's what it was. 80s were fun. Just like, that's it. When, when everybody thinks how fun it was, it's true. We had fun. <laughs> So we would like leave the the club, the loft or the paradise garage, go into a salon, wash and change my hair. So it flipped all the time, like all the time, like all the times. I'm no Michaela Angela.
0: Like my hair's flipped like two times in my entire life. The first time was the week before sixth grade. I changed from like my little girl curls and braids to like this very sleek flat iron style. Basically, I was trying to be Tia and Tamara from Sister Sister. Seeing them be themselves every week, just like two cute black girls from Detroit, it was one of the first instances in my life where I really felt like I saw myself reflected on TV. Like when I was copying their hair, I was really trying on a possibility of who I could be. See, in the days before Instagram and Al Gore's internet, I got a lot of my hairstyle cues from the black women and girls I saw on TV. And in a recent conversation with Michaela Angela, I was reminded of how common
1: an experience that was. Well, I loved Thelma from Good Times. She was fine and I loved her her style. Like I needed the biggest, fluffiest afro. Uh-huh. She had a beautiful fro. And she also had baby hairs. Yes, she did. And sometimes she did the two puffs. See, this is what I'm looking for is someone that um played with their hair. Like it wasn't it wasn't locked in to mm-hmm. one hairstyle. That was profound for me. Can you say more about that being profound for you? What was important about good times and why Thelma was such a um profound character to me is she had style and creativity and ingenuity, and they were regular, right? Like, they lived in the projects, but it um, wasn't—you didn't feel sorry for— like, they were just a working-class American family. Mm -hmm. And that expression of, look at all this creativity and style that we have, even without access to lots of money, right, Mm -hmm. that this style was innate. So that's what— what Thelma said to me is that you can if you had a comb and some grease, you could flip you could create.
0: Something for me, it's uh it's I love to hear you talk about like Thelma from Good Times. Like for me, a lot of that was um the Cosby show because yep. they had multi-generational, but you had Rudy and Olivia with little girl styles. Yep.
1: I mean, that that was part of the genius of that cast of the Cosby show. There was someone that everyone could enter. I was obsessed obsessed with Lisa Bonet. She had a very, very refined sense of style. And her hair, was my hair was nappier than hers. Mm-hmm. But I saw like, oh, like she's putting some braid, like she was playing with everything. She was communicating that she was complex through her style. Mm-hmm. And that's really where what this is all about? What are you communicating by your hair, by your style? On the Lisa Bonet tip, like
0: mm-hmm. that makes me think about like a different world. And I remember like, oh yeah, Freddie was like, I I started wearing my hair. I always it was I never had a relax or anything like mm-hmm. that, but I started wearing my hair curly when I was thir- 14, 13 years old. And I I used to want my hair to be like Freddie's and like. Also,
1: Jaleesa. I've never oh, been able to rock a shortcut, but I yeah. wanted to have a shortcut like Jaleesa. Right. I thought that was so cute. Yeah, because, it, what it I mean, their hair was a signifier to all these different ways we can be in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when we're when, when you're watching it in real time, you're just like, oh, it's cute. But then w- when you pull back, what it's saying is, look at all these different ways that we are. You know, our body types do that, but the what's, what's so... Wonderful about hair is because you can flip it, right? Mm-hmm. What we were so hungry for was this diversity of expression. Okay, so we we can't talk about hair and not talk about
0: scandal. Mm-hmm. You have your girl Olivia Pope, played mm-hmm. by the luminous Kerry Washington, mm-hmm. and she has been held in terrorist cells. You know, she's been in this interracial open relationship with the president of the United States mm-hmm. where they're having sex in multiple, many different locations that make absolutely no sense. And for me, mm-hmm. the most like the the largest leap in logic for me on the show was actually that when she would go, she had this, be- you know, she had the beautiful, the beautiful piece, the beautiful mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. Laid. She, laid so the thing though is that on the show when she went to lay down at night she just got on the pillow and that for me was where I was like this is the thing I don't believe like yes you were in the terrorist cell for about three weeks and nobody knew where you were and somehow you managed to like completely like keep all like your white winter coat completely perfectly white but when you laid your head down on the cotton pillow and you didn't wrap it nothing nothing not a bonnet nothing that's where I was like, I don't know about this, Olivia. I was like, I Wait, don't know.
1: That's one of those moments. You just have to suspend. Because we know. Because <laughs> we know.
0: Because <laughs> we know. And, like, okay, so that makes me think of, of this thing that happened to me, like, in real life. Uh, so my boyfriend, he's a black man. He's from Puerto Rico. Grew up there. And they obviously have black folks in Puerto Rico. But it's a different hair culture there than it is here. Okay. So, like, when he and I started dating... I went over to his apartment and I brought a satin pillowcase and I pulled it out and he was like, what is that? And I was like, okay, <laughs> we need to sit down and have a conversation. But like, you know, he's a grown black man and he had didn't know what a satin pillowcase was. So it's like, you know, you kind of wonder, like maybe if he had seen one of those on Scandal or The Cosby Show or Martin or whatever, like maybe if these sorts of things were depicted in media, that wouldn't have been a mystery to him.
1: But that, but that moment, like all the, the hair, coochie, are the things that, like, are signifiers that there are black women in this space
0: mm-hmm.
1: all over, and y'all, and a lot of people don't even know what this stuff is. Mm-hmm. And again, this, so that's why I use hair as an entry point. To black women's identity and humanity because nobody really knows us.
0: Mm.
1: And so it's kind of like you don't understand, or it hasn't been shown our complexity. You know what I mean? And you find that our details are rarely shown. Like I I grew up, you know, a, a lot of the touchstones
0: that we discussed, like those mm-hmm. are things I grew up with. And I remember like there's never been a shortage between living single, Moesha, girlfriends. Living there's never single. been a shortage of black women changing their hair up on television, right? Right. But I remember watching an episode of blackish and seeing um, I saw one episode with the youngest girl where she was going to bed at night and she had her hair tied up. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this episode of grown where Zoe Johnson, you know, Yara Jihiti's character, she woke up with a do-rag over her braids. Like, just woke up. Like, first thing, that was, like, she was getting out the bed. Like, it was clear that she had had it on for, you know, why we wear a do-rag or whatever. And I was just like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, are we all, like, I'm not just making this up. Like, I felt like it was the first time for me as— a black woman looking at television, feeling like, you know, we're in this black family space, and like those scenes on Blackish for me were like the first time where I was like, "Whoa, You're starting to get in." Yeah,
1: I was like, "This is like," but it was, but it's, it's a sitcom. Yeah, so it still has that like polish and shine, and, mm-hmm. and that's when it's really powerful to me is when these black details sneak into these spaces that are, um, that aren't even that aren't even ready for our details. Um, so when you see black details come out in these mainstream spaces, mm-hmm. that to me is when it's most like provocative. Like, oh, she got on a do-rag on ABC. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: In the history of television, they've rarely shown black hair with a complexity and accuracy that matches real life. And now it feels like all of a sudden there's a do-rag, like an unquestionably black hair tool, just casually shown on the teenage daughter of one of ABC's most beloved sitcoms. I mean, I'm not complaining, but like, what the hell happened? I head Hollywood to find out after the
2: break. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm Yara Shahidi. Um, I am, (laughs) I don't know what else goes into an introduction.
0: So in order to get to the bottom of this whole hair on blackish thing, I went straight to the source.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure I'm Yara Shahidi. Um, I am <laughs> I don't know what else goes into an introduction. Oh, and your job. Oh, um, I act <laughs> and uh, and when I'm not on stage acting, Yara and...
0: plays Zoe Johnson on blackish and it's spinoff off ish A few months ago, we met up in LA to talk about her famous do-rag moment. Yara showed up in a curly fro, in case you were wondering. One of the reasons I love watching shows in the Blackish universe is because they seem to take special care in showing the little details of Black life that make me feel seen, but in a mainstream primetime environment, which is really rare. But when it comes to styling natural hair on TV, there
2: are a lot of things to consider. Zoe in the pilot has her hair straight, and then um, first season has Shirley Temple-esque curly hair and that really happened um accidentally that that first season just because of continuity curly Mm -hmm. hair is a little harder in terms of continuity if you're Mm -hmm. shooting an an episode that takes place in a day but you're shooting it over the span of a week well Mm -hmm. my hair is going to expand it's going to be crunchy (laughs) one day (laughs) like it'll be super fluffy and um amazing one day Uh, some days it will be like you know what i'm just not going to behave i'm going to be doing my own thing today Mm mm-hmm
0: Yara loved playing Zoe, but that first season of Blackish took a toll on her hair. Like, I wore Shirley Temple curls as a kid. In order to get my hair like that, it had to be completely straightened and then curled with a curling iron. That constant straightening for Yara resulted in heat damage that took her two years to recover from.
2: I, I think a lot of times uh, certain decisions are made just because uh, it's not taken into consideration by production. It's just kind of like you should have no qualms or worries about straightening your hair. And, you know, quite honestly, there's a couple times where it's like, cool, I straightened my hair just because I, I liked the idea of having it straight for a week. But when you get into the idea of being on a job or something in which it's required of you, mm-hmm. um, they're not taking into consideration that like when you go home, you, you cut off split ends and sadly look at like the middle part <laughs> of your hair that's kind of straight before the, you see the curls. Yara's got a point.
0: In most of Hollywood, damage to your hair is just part of the job. And there are dozens, probably hundreds, of Black actresses who get a quality wig and just keep it moving. But Yara was able to do something that I thought was unheard of for a young Black actress working in TV. She went totally heat-free. No flat ironing, no pressing combs, no nothing. Protecting her hair from heat is now a rule that Yara's workplace has to respect. Basically, nobody on the ABC lot is allowed to bring a curling iron anywhere near her head without her say-so. Which brings us back to that do-rag. Part of repairing Yara's hair was experimenting with more protective styles, like braids. And braids require special care, which Yara knew all about.
2: Zoe getting braids, I remember season two, they only wanted to keep it for a week. And it was like, no, this is going to (laughs) be like a... A month-long endeavor. <laughs> and so just because the reality of it is if you get, like, micro braids done <laughs> for 16 they, hours, yeah, they're going to be in your head for a, a minute. And so even, like, making those subtle things a choice. And to help bring these loving, realistic touches to
0: the screen, Yara had a very special partner in crime.
3: Every day you have to style your hair two, three Four or five, six times in order to get the day done, and all that curling and styling—it could be a lot on a person's hair.
0: That's Tanisha Meeks, and she's Yara's hairstylist on Blackish and the hair department head on Grownish. She began working with Yara at the beginning of Blackish's second season, and when they met, the two just clicked. With Tanisha accepting Yara's preferences while still finding ways to expand the style of Zoe, the character. Yar's braids, which were sometimes gray or even lavender, were a perfect example of that. But even with all that thought and effort, getting that do-rag on screen wasn't easy. Tanisha told me she really had to advocate for that do-rag with production.
3: The do-rag was like so monumental for us because we fought tooth and nail for that. You know, if you get your hair done, you're going to tie it up. But the do-rag, just because of what it was and it maybe represented... Um, I guess, like, N.W.A. era to them and not, you know, <laughs> something that, uh, you know, teenage girl will wear.
0: So that one was, like, hard to do. But ultimately, the desire to portray things accurately got the do-rag on screen.
2: Zoe wearing a do-rag in one episode when she has her braids was a choice, because those are the things that we usually neglect to look at. Like, no, she's just going to wake up, like, out of her bed and act like she didn't protect her hair. And the Blackish team ultimately trusts that Yara and
0: Tanisha know how to portray black women as they are.
4: 98% of the time they're going to win cuz they're they're usually right.
0: That's Kenya Barris. He's the creator of both Blackish and Grownish. When we talked, Kenya told me that the way that they depict black women's hair on the show has been one of those things that seems small but is hugely important. He brought up a moment from an episode of Blackish featuring the youngest Johnson daughter, Diane.
4: When Diane would go to sleep, we, we started putting her hair up and, you know, what we knew that little black girls put their hair up with. And I was shocked the amount of people who called and said, is her hair wrapped? We were like, yeah, she's, you know, and, and this was like, we hadn't really seen that before. It's little things like that that you don't pay attention to. It adds to the versimilitude, adds to the realism of the show. It makes it feel like it's not just a show. It makes it feel like these are real people.
0: And that realness to Kenya, it's kind of revolutionary.
4: I was doing something for Norman Lear and he's talked about how big of a deal it was when George Jefferson wrote a check on TV that a black man had never written a check before the Jeffersons, but it was like, wow, that's powerful. Black girls have to keep their hair down when they rate it or have to keep their hair down when it's, when you're doing a snatchback. you have to get up and go with to school the next morning with, or you just got your hair done and you have to wrap it. Hopefully you put it out there and it won't be part of like sort of a conversation anymore. But at some point that was, very, you know, a few years ago, people weren't doing that.
0: And even if the average fan of the blackish universe isn't picking up on any of that consciously, they're still responding to it on some level. I mean, Tanisha's seen some of that herself.
3: I went to the um, bank one time, and you know, you got to hand over your check and they're like oh what is it that you do or whatever and I'm like oh I'm just a hairstylist and I'm like oh what show did you work on and I tell them what show and the lady really literally start crying like I was the celebrity and I'm like no 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 no! I just do the hair they're like you don't understand you don't understand that is my show I love the hair and I'm like oh my god like you know the impact that the hair makes it makes you
0: feel good that you were a part of that. And for Yara. The media attention paid to Zoe's hair can be a bit surreal, but it all goes back to something that every black girl can
2: relate to. I still get photos every day of people who have copied some of Zoe's hairstyles. (laughs) which is really like the idea that they're even they phrase them as Zoe's hairstyles is <laughs> even a crazy cool concept to me because that's how I get inspiration I remember wanting to dye my hair white because Storm from X-Men has white hair <laughs> yeah. Angela Bassett in Black Panther I'm like I now need gray locks mm. <laughs> like that's what I need in my life but even knowing how I'm influenced as a young girl as a teenager as a the person of color um, it's crazy to think that I have the same influence on other people who are watching me because I know how impactful it is. Like when Rihanna's just her, then I'm like, yeah. well, maybe I can just be me too. <laughs> Goodness.
0: And Yara's right. I'm a grown up, sure, but seeing their work on TV has impacted me. I didn't have a Zoe Johnson in a do rag when I was a kid. But for the first time, I'm seeing on screen the behind the scenes hair stuff that black women always knew existed. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, there is something so satisfying about our complexity shining through with something as simple as a durag. The nod is produced by me, Brittany Luce, with Eric Eddings, Kate Parkinson-Morgan, and Wallace Mack. Our senior producer is Sara Abdurrahman. We are edited by Emmanuel Berry, Jorge Just, and Annie Rose Rostrasser. Fact-checking by Max Gibson. Engineering from Cedric Wilson. Our theme music is by Khalid B. Additional music in the show by Cedric Wilson and Khalid B.